Good morning. Welcome to African Defense Review. I'm Richard Stupart, and this morning we're turning to South Sudan, where Amnesty International has released a report detailing the killing of up to 60 men and boys suffocated to death in a container by SPLA forces. We're talking today to Lama Faki, who's a senior researcher at Amnesty International and was involved in researching and compiling the report. Welcome to the show, Lama. Thank you for having me. Could I first off maybe ask you to please give readers who might not be familiar with the situation in South Sudan some kind of background to what is the area that we're talking about and what has been happening there in the months running up to the period that you describe in the report? Sure. So the conflict in South Sudan began in December 2013. And one of the areas that has been hard hit in the conflict is Unity State uh, and specifically central and southern parts of Unity State. From the middle of 2015, we saw a new pattern emerge where entire villages were being burnt down, food crops destroyed, and livestock looted. Livestock is one of the essential backbones of the economy in South Sudan, and in particular in in Unity State. Um, There are indications that this strategy was a deliberate one by the government, uh, used to deprive civilians of any source of livelihood. In the course of these abuses, we did also document Uh, that there were uh, numerous violations that were taking place. Uh, Despite the fact that there was a peace agreement which was reached by the parties in August of last year, we've documented uh, violations like unlawful killings, uh, the killing of civilians while they were fleeing, of of abductions and sexual violence, um, and of course the destruction of civilian property, including uh, foodstuffs. And this has happened again since the signing of the peace agreement. One particularly egregious event is the one that is outlined in the report that we released today, the the killing of over 60 um, males, uh, primarily men, but also some boys in this container in Lair uh, County in uh, Unity State in South Sudan. And can you maybe talk a bit more about the specifics of the details in the report? So what exactly was it that Amnesty uncovered? So we spoke with 42 individuals who described to us that sometime between October 20th to the 22nd that government forces, uh, individuals they described as wearing SPLA uniforms, detained uh, men and boys, cattle keepers, from Guat Payam and at least two different locations, and then held these men and boys in a shipping container on the Kumbani Catholic Church compound in Lair. This was a compound that the Catholic Church had to abandon uh, in fighting in the spring of 2015 and which had been taken over by uh, the Lair Commissioner and was being used as a base for government forces there. While the men and boys were held in the shipping container, witnesses described to us hearing them screaming, banging on the side of the container, clearly in distress. At that time, There were government soldiers that were uh, outside of the container, that were guarding the container, uh, including the local officials. Two different witnesses described dead bodies also being taken out of the container while remaining detainees were still alive. Despite the fact that it was clear that people were in distress and dying in the container, government forces did not intervene to help the remaining detainees. And eventually, we believe within a 24-hour period uh, since they were detained, all but one of the detainees died and were then taken by government forces 
to a nearby plot of land where they were dumped uh, in at least one pit, uh, an open-air pit. Uh, their bodies were then uh, scavenged. Some family members described going to the pit to try to recover the, the bodies of their, of their relatives. In many cases, they were not able to because of the condition the bodies were in. And how did Amnesty initially learn about the story? So Lear is quite far north in South Sudan, which is typically, and many of the areas there are typically quite inaccessible. What was it that, that initially alerted you to the story? So this incident was really a thunderbolt uh, for the community there. Um, such a high concentration of loss of life in such a short period of time, in such a horrific uh, manner of death, that uh, it created... Uh, a lot of uh, discussion uh, in Lair and uh, throughout Unity State. The ceasefire transitional security arrangement monitoring mechanism, which is a monitoring mechanism that has been set up in South Sudan to identify any violations of the peace agreement from, from August, uh, identified in a December 19 report that they also believe that this container incident had happened. Um, that report did not establish some of the details that we were able to establish in our report. So, for example, the presence of high-ranking government officials uh, with knowledge uh, that these individuals were, uh, that the detainees were under distress and dying and their failure to act. Uh, that is why we believe these, these deaths um, are willful killings. And what has the response been so far from the South, South Sudanese government or any of the other bodies involved in, in watching over the peace process? So, for example, IGAD or members of the African Union? We continue to await an official response from the government. We uh, made multiple uh, attempts to uh, seek an interview with the spokesperson of the SPLA but we were not able to, um, to meet with him, unfortunately. We were, however, able to meet with three uh, local officials in, in Lair. And one of these officials did confirm for us, in fact, uh, that the incident um, took place. Uh, he uh, received information indicating that a, a smaller number of detainees, 28 uh, individuals, had been killed, but we believe the number to be much higher. There has not yet been an official investigation undertaken by the South Sudanese government. No one has been held responsible or penalized for these abuses. And we are um, urging the South Sudanese government to conduct a thorough and public uh, investigation, uh, to be transparent about the findings, and to ensure that individuals are held responsible um, after you know fair trials uh, that do that do not have uh, death penalties, we are uh, also still awaiting um, a response you know from from the IGAD and the African Union. I haven't seen um, an official response from from either. And in the report, you explain a bit about the culpability, possibly of the area commander and the commissioner of Lear at the time. Um, presumably, the the identities of both of those individuals are known to Amnesty, and have has. Have those are those two individuals still in charge of their respective roles in Lair? Those individuals are are no longer in Lair, uh, but we do understand that they continue to be um, in positions of power, working for the government. And then, in terms of the United Nations mission to South Sudan, were there any UN peacekeeper bases in or nearby? Were they made aware of what had happened uh, during the period that it was happening, or shortly after? Have Have there been any? response or subsequent work by UNMIS to, to secure the area? 
Onus did not have a presence in Lair County at the time of this incident. Um, Onus uh, did come and has been present uh, in Lair since November of 2015. And we believe that that has had a clear stabilizing effect uh, and a protection uh, impact for the population there. Um, there, quite clearly, you know, it does point to the need um, to have a sort of a robust peacekeeping force. Uh, and it does clearly signify the importance of UNMIS patrols in the area. And then to, to what extent is our instance like what happened at Lea uh, symptomatic of an overall pattern in the conduct of the government troops, the SPLA? And related to that, is there anything unique about this to the government forces? Or have you seen similar incidents, for example, from the SPLA, IO, uh, the rebel faction, or any of the other groups, a white army or others who are parties to the conflict? Unfortunately, this incident is reflective of a broader trend of impunity for violations and uh, egregious human rights violations and violations of the laws of war, uh, in some cases amounting to, to war crimes. This event really uh, does take place in a context in which civilians have been directly targeted uh, in some way, in systematic ways, uh, by government forces. Again, even since the signing of the peace agreement, we've spoken with dozens of residents of Lair who've described uh, intentional targeting of civilians by government forces, for example, um, sexual violence, uh, abductions of women and girls, and egregious attacks on civilian property, which have, have led the civilian population to be very uh, vulnerable to, to food insecurity. And in all of these cases, we've seen that the government has really failed to take steps to hold individuals accountable. Uh, in, in other parts of the country, uh, we have and others have also documented violations by opposition forces. Um, we are calling on the African Union to move forward with the establishment of a hybrid court for South Sudan to ensure that commanding officers and others that have been responsible for these types of violations on all sides of the conflict are held accountable. It is uh, essential for any lasting peace in South Sudan to ensure that there is accountability for these abuses, to ensure that individuals are compensated for the things that they have lost and critically, that government officials uh, or others that have participated uh, in laws of war violations are not allowed to participate in the transitional government and to continue to, to serve in South Sudan. And has the government in the past been willing to investigate troops committing atrocities like this or paying out compensation or taking these kinds of actions? The government has failed to hold uh, anyone accountable for these types of abuses. And that's why uh, it is critical that regional and international actors uh, step up to the plate here. Uh, the African Union has a critical role to play in ensuring that uh, civilians in South Sudan uh, are protected. Uh, and that they are, um, again, uh, compensated for the losses against them. Individuals that are responsible are held accountable. Uh, the UN also has a significant role to play. The UN Security Council uh, should impose targeted sanctions against officials that are credibly found to have uh, violated uh, the laws of war and to be violators of, of human rights. Uh, we are also looking to the Security Council to impose an arms embargo on South Sudan, 
so that weapons cannot be entering the country to fuel this conflict. Right now, the uh, Human Rights Council is um, can, has convened uh, in Geneva. We are also looking for the Human Rights Council to establish mechanisms that would support accountability in South Sudan, like a, a special rapporteur for South Sudan. And from what you've seen in Lear and elsewhere, in your view, how far do you feel these kinds of atrocities are a deliberate strategy being employed by the government and other forces, and how far it's uh, a lack of control over the actions of, of troops in the field? Our findings are, reflect that the abuses are, are widespread um, and that they are happening in a systematic way. You know, villagers described to us how, for example, you know, in the early morning hours or late in the evening, Soldiers dressed in SPLA uniforms would enter along with allied militias, individuals who they described as being youth. They would come in, shoot at unarmed civilians that were trying to flee. They would burn homes. They would um, abduct and rape other civilian property. And this was a pattern that repeated uh, in, in different villages over the course of months. Um, the extent of the violations and the failure of the government to intervene to try to stop these abuses does indicate to us that you know, we're not dealing with the case of a few bad actors. The government does have a responsibility to act here. In the report, just a couple of details I wanted to ask about. You mentioned that the government had initially requested cattle keepers from surrounding communities to bring their herds to Lear, uh, which was where it, uh, the men were then abducted. What, what, in your view, was happening there? So was it, was it a case that, was there a legitimate reason that they were being asked to bring, bring their herds and assemble in Lear, or was that simply a ruse to get them to, to come and assemble where from, in a place from which they could be abducted? It's clear that there were individuals that came to Lear with their cattle uh, earlier than these uh, men and boys from Guat. Um, those individuals were identified as being government supporters, and they were allowed to stay in Lear and did not have their, their cattle seized. Uh, when this group of men from Guat uh, came to Lear, uh, I believe it was you know the timing of their coming to Lear that uh, raised the government's suspicion uh, that they were uh, opposition fighters, or uh, at least provided an excuse uh, for the government to to arrest them. Uh, we know that the, the men that were detained had all of their cattle seized and that that um, property has not been returned to their families, which continues to have a lasting impact on the community. Um, again, cattle is one of the backbones of the economy uh, in, in South Sudan, and in particular in this community. And then I wanted to ask as well, some of the photos that we've seen from Amnesty from the site where the bodies were dumped after their suffocation in the, the cargo containers appear to show a number of medical vials strewn all over the ground, what looked like maybe medical supplies. Did, did you have any idea what that was about? Was the area used as a, a hospital site or something prior? We don't have any evidence to suggest that it was used as a hospital site. We were that, Those vials were found next to the pit where we believe the bodies were, were dumped by government uh, soldiers. We were not able to identify what was in those vials um, to be able to assess you know, what they were, why they were there and what they may have been used for. Have you seen an overall decline in levels of violence against civilians now that there is notion a peace agreement and, for example, Rick Machar and his forces are, in theory, heading back to, to the capital to resume government. Have you guys seen a, a decline in attacks against civilians as a result? There has been a decline uh, against attacks, an attacks against civilians in Lair County since at least December of last year. 
despite that, however, we know some violations are, are continuing. For example, I mentioned that women and girls have been abducted. Uh, we believe that some of these women and girls continue to be held uh, and are being, again, subjected to, to sexual assault and, and forced labor. Uh, we also know that individuals that have tried to um, receive protection at the Benchu Protection of Civilians Camp, for example, have been on, attacked on the way there. So while there, there has been this reduction of violence, we are concerned that uh, the, the dynamics on the ground may shift, particularly because uh, there has not been accountability for any of the abuses that have taken place, and individuals responsible for those abuses continue to be in positions of power. And then my last question is, what, are, what is the process from here? So from Amnesty's point of view, where are you hoping to pursue the matter next? And is there anything else you'd, you'd like to add that people following news in South Sudan, do you think it would be valuable for them to hear? So I've just come back from conducting meetings in New York and Geneva with Security Council members and, and members of the Human Rights Council. And, and we are really urging them to take action to protect civilians in South Sudan including by imposing you know, targeted sanctions and arms embargo, establishing a special repertoire. We will continue uh, to produce uh, research following our last mission, uh, going into more detail about some of these systematic violations that have taken place. Um, we are trying to bring the voice of the individuals that we spoke with to the international community and to speak clearly on their behalf about what they have lived through and what they need uh, in order to to remain protected uh, in the next phase uh, in South Sudan. Thank you very much for, for your time this morning. It's much appreciated. Thank you.